The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air for Sunday, September 27th. Can't believe September is just about to leave us. I'm Danny Clayton. Joining me today, Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning, Danny. And lots to talk about in South Florida today. There is certainly, uh, we have to pay attention to what's happened in the stock market. On Friday, we closed nearly 360 points, up about 1.3% on the Dow Jones. And that's been an interesting number, Mark, because what we've been looking at is is earnings season that's about to start in the fourth quarter. And what we do when we see that is when these earnings reports comes out is who made money? Did they have increasing sales? Did they have increasing profits? And that becomes interesting. But right now at the end of the third quarter, we're starting to see what's called window dressing. Can you explain what that means? Sure, window dressing. So every quarter, mutual fund managers, they have to report things in their portfolio. So window dressing is to make it look really good. Basically, they want to show that in their portfolio, they've got the stocks that did the best in the most recent time period, the last quarter or something like that. So you see a lot of rotation where they're getting rid of some of the stocks that maybe underperformed for a little bit. They're buying all the things that overperformed. Therefore, when you take a look at it and say, here's my portfolio, looks great. Window dressing. Yep, thank you. And, you know, the other thing that uh, we are certainly watching is what is happening in Europe. And there has been a spike in cases. And because of that, there has been this, this discussion that the Bank of England is going to have negative interest rates. That's number one. And number two, that they may have a shutdown. And both of those things are making the dollar stronger because people are concerned about what's happening with the euro. And with stronger dollars, you have to say how that affects international companies. Weaker dollars are better for companies. And the S&P 500 that ship abroad, stronger dollars, good for those companies here. And so that's what we're seeing right now. And we'll have to watch. I mean, a lot of conversations this week, Danny, about vaccines, that we're getting closer. In fact, there's three or four companies who think we might see one in the near future. And it looked like England was going to shut down. Of course, you know, their their prime minister actually had COVID right. and went in. So as Europe goes, it could really change the fall, right? There's no there's yeah. no question about it. And, of course, everyone knows uh, the big story, of course, is that we have an election coming up. And the, the fear is palpable. There's no question about that. And, Danny, we have a presentation that we're going to do uh, here at next week, in fact, on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, how do people find out about that? Well, you can go to our website. It's at AnnexWealth.com. It's right front and center. The title, What the U.S. Election Means for Investors, it's pretty simple, but it is very complex. And so Dave and special guests are going to be sitting down over the next couple of weeks and taking a hard look at what the U.S. election could mean for investors. And again, this is something that changes daily, but probably weekly for sure as we march toward it. Again, details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Danny, you know, the reason why it's so important is because sentiment is very important to the market in the short term. Now, we're talking about fundamentals a lot, but Mark, in the short term, sentiment, fear, and greed does play a part in valuations. Yeah, and you just walk through a whole litany of things that are creating anxiety for investors and leading to the possibility of bigger volatility. And we certainly saw that through September. 
number. You know, we saw um, the market shift dramatically. We saw some of those t- strong tech leaders actually sell off, bump into correction territory. And a lot of that has to do with that anxiety. It's an emotional election period, no doubt. There's this fear about a possible secondary shutdown in starting to happen already in Europe. On and on, it just creates a lot of volatility. I think it's a good time to be very cautious about how you position your portfolio. And most importantly, when you position portfolios, you go through and you look at asset allocations. You know, everyone has a portfolio that's invested, right? But, you know, do you have a whole lot of Apple or do you have a whole lot of bonds? And what bonds do you own and what stocks do you own? Because there has certainly been the haves and the haves-nots in this recovery. And if you are part of those industries that haven't participated, your portfolio did not do as well. And so what we do on a daily basis, Mark, is we have people come in and send us what they have, and we give them two deliverables. We do. You know, we go through a portfolio analysis, understand the asset allocation, levels of risk, costs, quality of investments, and we do the same thing around your financial plan. What does the cash flow look like? What's the strength of the outlook for your financial plan? Where are the weaknesses? How do we address those? Very good. And you could start. You can do it on a Sunday morning. Get going on a Sunday morning. We'll get you uh, get you going next week. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. A-N-N-E-X Wealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We know the difference, folks. We say it all the time. It is Team Tech Trust, a Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, and a fee-only fiduciary partner. That is important. We'll be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Social Security can be a mystery. A recent Social Security quiz of thousands had a majority failing or barely passing. There is a knowledge gap. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management, also a CFP and a CDFA. Hello. Well, hi, Danny. Ron Johnson, Senior Financial Planner and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hello to you. Hi, Danny. You two are getting after this. We got a webinar next week, Boost Your Social Security IQ. It happens on Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central. Details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Social security has always been pretty confusing. And I think, Ron, one of the things that we see, which I kind of call a first mistake, and it's our first gut impulse, we retire and we think, wow, I have to turn on social security right now. But it is all about the math. It is not necessarily in our best interest to turn it on immediately. We got to work through the cash flows in retirement and pre-retirement. And you know, There's been so much that's gone on just in 2020. I mean, we had the SECURE Act, the CARES Act, changing laws, tax laws, retirement laws, making it even more confusing. You're right. You know, there's a lot to consider with Social Security, and there's lots of different claiming strategies available. And it's not just about Social Security, but one of the things that we consider is how does Social Security impact tax today and impact your tax plan in your retirement plan going forward? Well, right, because it's actually taxed a little differently. You add all your income together, take half your Social Security, and find something called provisional income. And then Social Security benefits themselves are taxed between 0 and 85%. So it's not as simple as people think. Yeah, you're spot on, Dan. 
Nothing sounds simple with this. You brought math in. Did you have a quiz for us? I do, Danny. So this webinar, again, as you said, covers basics on Social Security, but we found this really cool quiz that most Americans fail. There's only a half, like 50% pass ratio out of 1,500 Americans. This was given just recently during COVID times. And these questions are related to decisions around taking your benefit and what's in your best interest. And, you know, questions such as, can I delay and accrue benefits past the age of 70 now that the required minimum distributions are delayed into age 72? I'm going to start with an easier one for you, Danny. So this one's missed a lot. Yes or no? Do I have to be a U.S. citizen to collect Social Security? You know, I had this wrong. I said yes, and that is incorrect. It is incorrect because there are many non-citizens living in the U.S. that can get Social Security benefits. It's not a requirement. According to the Social Security Administration, non-citizens who are lawfully in the U.S. and meet all eligibility requirements can indeed get benefits. That includes not only those admitted for permanent residence under the Immigration and Nationality Act, but also those who qualify under provisions for family, unity, and for immediate relatives who live in the U.S. as well. So even, interestingly enough, non-citizens who leave the U.S. can still get Social Security benefits under certain circumstances. Uh, Now, typically, the SSA stops making payments to non-citizens after they remained outside the U.S. for six months in a row. They can get those restarted, though, but they have to return to the U.S. for a full calendar month. Yeah, and I would say, Deanne, you know, the the big qualifier there of why they get to receive Social Security benefits is because they paid for it. That's right. They were here. They worked. Right. They paid into the system. Yeah, citizens are not they paid into the uh, the Social Security system. They paid their FICA taxes like the rest of us, so they, they get benefits as well. I have another question for you, Danny. Hit me. <laughs> okay. If I'm receiving benefits before my full retirement age and I continue to work, my benefits might be reduced based on how much I make. Yes or no? I had this one right. I th- that's yes. That is a yes. You're correct, Ian. They, they are reduced. But what's interesting there is they're not lost. What happens is you will receive a haircut on your benefit if you earn over $18,000 a year and you're collecting under your full retirement age, but you're going to get that back at your full retirement age in the form of additional credits. Right. So let's work through a little math here since we love math. Let's say, so the the magic number for 2020 is 18,240. You need to watch how much you earn before that full retirement age. Full retirement age is what Social Security declares as your full benefit. If you claim before that, you take a little haircut on your benefit. If you claim after that, you get a little bit more. So if you earn over that 18000 and change and you're claiming Social Security at the same time, your benefits are cut in half for everything over that amount. So basically they're cut by $1 for every $2 over that 18240 Now, again, back to Ron's point, you're still earning benefits because you're still working. Social Security should be only one leg of that retirement stool, but it's an important one, and it pays to know as much as possible about how it works. So, Ron, let's talk about that Monday webinar. What we're going to talk about on Monday is, you know, the factors to collecting. We're going to talk about how your benefit is calculated. And we're going to talk about other aspects of Social Security as well, such as spousal benefits and family benefits, too. It's called Boost Your Social Security IQ. It is a webinar, and it happens Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central. You can get details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Ron Johnson, Senior Financial Planner, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for the insight. You're welcome. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client 
Client Learning and Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Danny. Good stuff. Stick around. More to come. We'll be back after a quick break. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Without a doubt, national elections play a huge role in the economy. When you factor in the pandemic and market volatility, the 2020 election looms large. How will it impact your investment and retirement planning? You're invited to join Annex Wealth Management for the webinar series, What the U.S. Election Means for Investors. Join Dave Spano and special guests for a free webinar series from the comfort of your own home. For more details and to sign up, visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. It is time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button while you're there. Click that Get Started button. Get going on that free portfolio analysis from a fee-only fiduciary. Derek Felskier, Chief Investment Officer is here. Dave Spano, our President and CEO, with a big stack of questions. Yeah, so, you know, we get so many of these questions get texted in and asked to us. But, you know, what's happened over the last week or so is I've been writing them down as people have been asking me in the client meetings or coming up to me. And uh, so I'm going to start firing these off. These are great questions. I think it's uh, everyone can learn from it. But the first one is you mentioned the word quarter and window dressing. And people looked at me smart people and said what does that mean well it's a practice on the form of many institutional managers to basically clean up their portfolios into quarter end because essentially what you end the quarter with is what you have to have conversations with your clients about and it's much easier to explain why you're so wise in buying a stock that did particularly well that quarter versus trying to explain why you own one of the worst performers right so, so yes yeah, so so ultimately managers dump the losers add to the winners so they have a much more calm conversation at quarter end exactly and just right. a comment from the peanut gallery that doesn't seem right no it doesn't seem Right, but it's a reality, and uh, mutual fund managers and money managers have been doing it for a long time. So how you take advantage of that is who are the pretty girls, and that's really sometimes what you do is you put those in the portfolio and get rid of the weak stocks. And so it's been going on for a long time. Another question that I got, which uh, is really interesting, is why does the Fed's zero interest rate demand mean a weaker dollar? I know that sounds complicated, but we're going to have to break that down a little bit. The Fed came out this week and said that interest rates could stay low until 2023 and maybe beyond, which is stunning. But then that has an effect, for example, on the U.S. dollar. Well, one of the reasons it would is if you think about the the viewpoint of a foreign investor and they're looking, you know, and and trying to earn an interest rate on on their money, and if they see the Federal Reserve pushing rates below the rate of inflation in the United States, that's obviously not going going to be very attractive to them. So that reduces their demand for dollars and causes the value of the dollar to go down, all other things being equal. Right. And so think about this. So now that we know that interest rates are going to stay low because they are trying to sow the seeds of inflation. In other words, they want inflation to pick up. They have a target of 2%. They're saying they want it to get above 2% now. And that's one of their mandates. The second, of course, is getting to full employment. But 8.5%, we're a long ways away from that. So they want low interest rates to lower unemployment as well, we're going to have low rates for a long time, and that will also we're going to have big deficits. I think they're going to go hand in hand. 
It's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. The questions this week, courtesy of Dave's Life. People asking him questions in all sorts of places. So many people ask us about gold. That is also tied into the U.S. dollar as well. There's lots of ways to buy gold, and we'll start there. You know, what's the most common thing that we see when people say, I want to buy gold? Well, you can buy physical gold, which involves storing it, paying interest costs, and the rest. You can buy paper gold, meaning you can buy an ETF backed by gold or you can buy gold mining stocks, which essentially are companies that benefit primarily if the price of gold goes up. Uh, generally speaking, gold has been a, you know, it's a complicated investment. It's a lot like Bitcoin in the sense that you, you just hope someone is willing to pay a greater price than you because it really has no economic value. It doesn't generate um, any kind of interest. So you're really just hoping that there will be a greater fool who emerges as willing to pay more. But if the U.S. dollar weakens, gold ought to go up because it is priced in dollars. And not only gold, all commodities. I mean, 90% of all commodities are priced in dollars, and so they could be good for all commodities. Now, of course, what is getting under pressure, which is commodity, is energy and oil. Another question we're getting often is where do we see oil? Yeah, I mean, you, you really have to wonder. I saw BP also is pulling back on oil production in, in, in their uh, CapEx plan. So, you know, the, the days of fossil fuels are starting to gradually become somewhat limited. I think it's going to take a lot longer than people would like to think. But electronic vehicles reduce uh, oil demand. China is obviously a major importer of crude oil. They Their economy is relatively weak. Uh, so oil prices have remained under pressure. CapEx costs have not gone down. And men are, many oil companies are really on the ropes, particularly in the fracking area. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News, joined by Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Good morning, Danny. Recent FINRA study suggests that among senior investors, overconfidence in one's financial knowledge may contribute to risky financial behavior. Curious to get your take, Brian, what are some of the risks of being overconfident when it comes to financial knowledge and risky investing with seniors? Yeah, this was an interesting uh, survey the FINRA Investor Education Foundation put out. I think it comes down to, as you get older, some parts of your body don't work as well as they used to, and that includes your brain. So what these guys did was they surveyed over 1,200 adults between the ages of 58 and 101, and they had surveys to get their perception of what their financial decision-making was like, their financial literacy, their risk tolerance, scam susceptibility, uh, financial fraud. And then they also tested to see what it actually was. So they got their perception in a survey, then tested it, and I think the overconfidence comes from the discrepancy of what you think you know, but what you actually know. And I think there are some noticeable gaps in this study, which was, was definitely interesting. You know, it's interesting as I get older, the more I know, the more I know I don't know, right? Uh, <laughs> we asked Anna clients about their age and confidence mesh, and the majority say they do consider it with investing decisions and risk tolerance for their current age. Are you surprised by that? Maybe a little bit. The majority of respondents said, yes, I want to be careful with my investing decisions and risk tolerance at my current age, where I guess the surprising part was where half of the respondents chose no. I don't think my age impacts my confidence in investing or risk tolerance. I would say most people have deterioration in parts of their body, including their brain. So if over half the folks don't think their age is impacting their confidence in investing, and they might be wrong. And that's kind of what this study is saying. Brand Fiori, 
Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. How do you help coach senior investors to be more confident? I think you know, having a good support group around them, people that will be honest, so you can be evaluate, you know, have honest conversations with each other that, yeah, uh, my financial spending is okay and my financial decisions are okay, or maybe I do have bad habits or risky behavior that I think I don't think I do, but maybe I do. Um, if you can always be a learner and always educate yourself and, you know, throughout life, I think that's definitely an advantage as well. But don't be afraid to ask for help. That's why we're here. We have, you know, teams in different areas of talent and expertise to ask these questions, have these conversations, to be a partner so someone objective can help you determine if you have that gap between what you really know and what you think you know. Right, and you can start at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. Good to speak with you again. Another reminder, tomorrow's webinar, 4 o'clock, boost your Social Security IQ. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Stick around. We're going to wrap things up next. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Also, register for Tuesday's webinar. It's a 7 o'clock webinar, what the U.S. election means for investors. It's going to be right up on the page when you hit AnnexWealth.com. My name is Danny Clayton. Mark Beck, our Director of Wealth Management Services, is here. And Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. There was an article in Kiplinger's that just came out, and they rated the online brokers. And we I went through that list, and fortunately, the numbers 1 and 2 on the list are the two custodians that that we like and that we use Fidelity and Charles Schwab. And as a registered investment advisory, we don't custody the assets. We take them to third-party firms, and then they hold the assets. And, and interestingly enough, we had a client come into our Naples office this past week who was using Fidelity as a custodian but really hasn't done anything with the portfolio, Mark. Yeah, Fidelity is you know, a great custodian, but it can be a good spot for people who are self-directed. And this particular um, couple that we were, had a chance to talk with, you know, they'd been self-directing their portfolio for a long time and they said you know I came to you guys because I really haven't done much with it you know I think he said it was about been about 10 years since he really did anything as far as repositioning the portfolio wow. and so we took a look at it and really had what I kind of call a classic barbell portfolio there were some stocks in there you had Microsoft did great you know he had a few of those things but a lot of money just sitting in cash literally sitting in cash and he just said I you know I don't have I don't feel <laughs> strong enough to figure out where to go with it anymore. And cash, of course, is paying zero. Literally basically. zero. Literally exactly. zero. Is that what it is on the portfolio? Uh, I mean, it was a small fraction, yeah. but you can round it to zero, basically. Yeah, it was a small fraction. It, you know, so what we did is we started to look at it from a risk perspective. You know, they didn't want to take a lot of risk, but boy, we were able to walk through how to fill in that barbell portfolio, basically. And what I mean is, you know, we don't have to be just think about stocks versus cash, right? There's a lot of fixed income opportunities. We can go through the spectrum of fixed income. We can go through the level of risk, move our way up the credit risk scale a little bit. We can add in some dividend paying stocks into the portfolio and start to build out consistent interest and dividend income production without adding a dramatic amount of volatility. The blended yield on this client's portfolio was south of 1% when we started. And mm-hmm. when we started to show them a portfolio, we were awful close to 3% of consistent dividend yield, which makes a really big difference. And so that income comes out without taking anything out of principle. And, you know, there's the old rule of, you know, the rule of thumb of 4%. 
sustainable withdrawal rate, and you're at 3% right now without taking anything out of principal and just on dividend income, and that's a great start. And as long as you are you know, doing that well and doing your homework around the quality of investment vehicles you're picking, even in those market fluctuation periods where your anxiety is there because you up, you're down a little bit in principal value, it's consistent income that you can count on that continues to come into the portfolio. So that's the type of portfolio where we talk about being able to weather the downturns Keep them in a range where you're comfortable. You're not going to lose sleep at night, but you can continue to collect that income, and it's already more than three times higher than what they had been receiving. Again, that Kiplinger article showed that only 50% of clients are using advisors. The other 50% are self-directed, like the folks that came into our Naples office, and therefore there's ways that they can keep the money at fidelity and yet engage somebody like us. Well, there was a lot of comfort for this couple in exactly that. They've been at Fidelity, liked it at Fidelity. They're comfortable there. All they do is appoint us as the advisor on the account. The accounts stay right there. And we begin to manage the investment aspect of that. But they know how to log into Fidelity, check them out, you know, and see exactly what's going on. Operationally, not a big change. As far as guidance and advice and unbiased direction, substantial change for them. Imagine that, all the stuff you love about Fidelity, but you've got Annex on your side. And, and of course, you know, people are listening and saying, well, how much is this going to cost me? And of course, there are, we charge a consulting fee based on an annual basis, based on the size of the assets and the complexity. And therefore, you say, all right, you would take, you know, one-fourth of that and, and charge that every single quarter. We can bring all of these things, tax planning, estate planning, and money management, financial planning, all of that comes with Annex Wealth Management. It sure does. Uh, we talk about one team, investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning for the one fee. One thing we are not salespeople. That's not what we do. Are a fee-only fiduciary. Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Danny. Dave Spano, President, CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you. Thank you, sir. Folks, if we can help you, and I know we can, head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.